Hello and welcome to this episode of Superhero Ethics. Today we are talking about Avenger accountability. Who are the Avengers accountable to? Who should they be accountable to? And how does this play out in the first Avengers movie, in Avengers Age of Ultron, and in Captain America Civil War? All that and more after this commercial break we have no control over. Welcome back. My name is Matthew. I'm your host. I'm joined as becoming a little bit frequently these days by uh, 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 guest Paul Hoppy. Paul, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. Cool, cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad we can get you back. Uh, uh, for those who haven't heard it yet, Paul was one of my many guests on the recent 100th episode, uh, super episode, where we had a panel discussion. And there was a couple of interesting questions that came out of that one that we, we uh, Paul and I decided we wanted to dive into further, uh, in part because it, it kind of circles around the issue that really started this uh, whole venture, uh, the, the idea of, of Team Tap, Team Tap, Team Cap versus Team Tony, which I think uh, Paul and I debating while getting uh, 2 a.m. food at a casino playing poker <laughs> was a big part of what inspired this podcast to begin with. Um, and rather than just talk about that question, that question at the heart and soul of it is the idea of accountability. And that's one that we see come up quite frequently in the Avengers movies. Um, and for this, we're basically counting Civil War as an Avengers movie because it really is. It just happens yes. to feature Captain America. <laughs> it's um, Avengers 2.5 for sure. Right. Well, and plus, saying that there are five Avengers movies actually sounds much better than there are four. And Civil War makes a really nice kind of pivot point between the first two and the last two. Okay. Um, but either way, going on, um, the, <clears throat> the heart of the topic then is this idea of if you have superpowers, to whom are you accountable to? And accountability can be taken in any way, any of a number of means. It can be, who do you talk to and just kind of bounce your ideas off of? Who do you have to get approval from? Who is it who can set rules that decide what you do? Or even, who is it that can tell you what you should and shouldn't do? There's all sorts of different levels of accountability. There's all sorts of different ideas of who you should or shouldn't be accountable to. So let's just start by that, um, kind of just framing the topic to begin with. Paul, when I say accountability, what, what do you mean by that? What, what, what kind of does accountability mean, mean as you understand it? Yeah, well, when you say accountability, what I mean is uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, basically when somebody does something, there are consequences. This is a law of nature, right? This right. is how the world works. But in society, when somebody does something – um, then some of those consequences can be explicit co consequences that are enacted by other people, right? right? Or by sort of society as a whole. Um, so when I think of accountability, that's basically what I'm thinking about is if a person or a group of people do a thing and that thing is, I guess, controversial would be the place that I'd start. Um, yep. then I think it's incumbent upon other people to assess that those actions and basically decide uh, whether there are consequences, whether they think there should be consequences for those actions. And if there are, then, you know, to do what they can to enforce them. And, you know, I'd say that in our own world, we're kind of having a reckoning with the yeah, idea of so. accountability, right? Um, and I mean, the entire nature of, you know, crime and punishment and policing is all about 
accountability. Um, I mean, it's also about control and it's about a lot of things. Um, I think, I guess to restate that, I'd say the conception of it is theoretically about accountability. Right. Um, and so when we, when we look at, um, you know, who we want like superheroes or enhanced people to be accountable <clears throat> to, I think that's a pretty, in some ways, that's a pretty direct sort of allegory to, you know, our, our present situation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have people whose job it is in theory to protect us. And so the question becomes, what right do we have to question those who are protecting us in terms of how they do so and how they don't. And right. like with police, it's, it, it is in theory should be pretty direct of we pay them. They're hired on behalf of us. Superheroes have always fallen in the kind of this nebulous world. Um, and I, I like the way you frame it in particular because I also think, to me, it's interesting. There's two parts in our world right now where we're having very different but very related discussions about accountability. One of them is about the police and, and government in general in terms of how accountable are they to the people they're supposed to serve or not accountable uh, mm -hmm. in many ways. The other, though, I think is about cancel culture, uh, the debate sure. that's happening. And I, I'll admit I hate that term. Yeah. But just it's this used whole disingenuously idea. quite frequently, but yeah. that doesn't mean there's nothing true there. But there's certainly, again, there's another level of accountability. And I think that helps us to frame the – and I'll say I think one of the ways that the cancel culture debate often gets screwed up is that people mix those two levels because yeah. – and let me, let me back up there a second. What I mean there is I think, as you said, there are sort of official levels of accountability. You know, like if I, if I commit a crime – in theory, I am accountable to my fellow citizens, and the government will enforce that by putting me through a justice system and having some penalty on me. Um, Chick-fil-A is a company that is accountable to its customers, and it has done some things that I find highly objectionable, and I don't think the government should sanction them for it, but I've decided, uh, as someone who used to love Chick-fil-A, to hold them accountable in my own way and stop shopping at them, and many others have done the same. Yeah. And it's, it's been a major sacrifice for me, I have to say. Yeah, he's a vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did miss out on the, some really, really good fries, but I also understand you there. Uh, probably fried in animal fat, I'm, actually, so yeah, a, you never missed yeah, out. I'm, I'm good, um, I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but or like, um, you know, with J.K. Rowling or, or the many yeah. of the other figures. And I think that there's a mistake made in uh, equating those two different kinds of accountability, but that they're both accountability and they're both part of what we're talking about here. And yeah. and. I think it's part of why it's helpful to, to frame this debate because it can be – and it's the same thing for superheroes. Is it, you know, for a superhero, the accountability conversation can range all the way from like do his buddies at the Justice League giving them the cold shoulder for a little while to are they locked up due to the Sokovia Accords, you know, right. and that there's all sorts of levels of what could or couldn't be accountable. Um, so let me then ask the other question. Why is accountability important, do you think? Uh, first in general, but then also especially for superheroes. I mean, people do some bad things. I, I mean, that's a you know that's a subjective judgment, but like people do things that harm other people. Um, I'd say people do things that harm other you know non-human animals and you know the the earth like scorch mm -hmm. the earth. Uh, and if there's no accountability, then maybe people are more <laughs> inclined to do those things. Um, certainly they're more free to continue doing those things. Um, you know, I mean, personally, I've been kind of investigating what I, you know, with myself, like what I think actual accountability should be for things that 
you know, we call crimes, right? Like, right. you don't really commit a crime. You do a thing. And the law is written in a way that makes that a crime. And that right. might be a thing that, like, is just seems patently obvious to everybody. Like, oh, yeah, that is a bad thing. That should be a crime. Um, but then there's other things that are like, well, we can have a, a pretty robust conversation about whether it should be. Um, but in terms of, like, how we look at accountability, how we look at consequence, I think there are a lot of problems with it. And I mean, in all honesty, I I haven't gotten to the bottom of, you know, what we should do with (laughs) certain people who... You haven't figured out one of the fundamental questions of human nature yet? Come on, Paul, what are you doing? All right. I've been slacking. I mean, it probably says something about me that I actually feel bad about this. But (laughs) (laughs) like, it's a thing I should have figured out by now. But there's, I don't know, I've been reading a lot of prison abolitionist literature and like, haven't gotten through the like study group course that I've, uh, you know, assigned to myself. So, so there's some guilt there, but, um, <laughs> you know, the truth is like, there are, this is a hard question, right? It's a question it really that is, yeah. humans have struggled with since I would imagine before civilization, right? When any, since you've had groups of people, which people have always existed in groups, like families at least. Right. Um, like how do you, you know, what do you do when your kid does something that you don't think is good? What, you know, what what does a, a tribe do when a member of the tribe does something that is counter to um, how the rest of the, you know, the members right. feel things should go? And how do we, as a giant, you know, billions of people civilization um, or groups of millions of people, sub-civilizations, whatever, like, how, how do we deal with these things? And it's, it's a super hard question. Um, once people start having superpowers, uh, you know, it's... Just like, I guess, super. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> well, and I think you actually got it. The key, one of the biggest keys that we actually hadn't talked about for the first question, but should have, which is that I think a key part of accountability is the idea that you're part of a group to which you feel accountable. Right. You know, because that part of it's supposed to be like, you know, hey, Billy, like you, you're part of our network. You're part of our family. You're part of our community. Um. Like, I've read a lot of similar stuff, especially stuff about, like, how co-ops work and things like that. And mm-hmm. often there's a sense of, like, you have made a commitment to a shared set of values. And so when you fall away from those values, someone else can call you out or, or call you in is probably even the better language of saying, mm-hmm. hey, what you're doing isn't really within the values that we're supposed to be upholding. How can we, like, sort of, you know, get you to, to come back into that understanding? And if not, how do we deal with that? Yeah. Um, I think one of the problems in our own society is that we don't really have that shared sense of community. Um, yeah. Well, we don't have a lot of voluntary association. I mean, yeah. that, that exists, right? But we, I, I'd rather say it another way. We have a lot of involuntary association. Yeah. And when that comes, it's like, I didn't sign a social contract. I haven't agreed. I right. Like this government does not have my consent, right? But right. it's implied by just like what the fact that I'm not like doing a revolution and I think that's where a lot of this gets really difficult is that if you don't have voluntary, like in a co-op, people join a co-op, right? right? And that's an act of will. And then it's very reasonable to say, okay, you should be bound by the rules of the co-op and we work together to just, you know, figure out what those are. Um, but when we have such a high level of involuntary association as we do right. in, in the real world, I think it, it becomes a little more fraught. And, and so pulling it to the superhero discussion, I think that that's actually another very good point, especially because 
you know, like if you're a, because, because I think here's the other part of it is that there's one thing about the general accountability that all of us hold. Um, but where I think we, it was important we started with the cop conversation is that if you have decided to voluntarily take on a role in which you are given more power because you have a higher level of responsibility, like yeah. a cop has the power to use violence in a way that I don't have as an individual citizen. Right. And I think our huge part of the problem is that the cops are now given way too much power and the racism behind all that and all, all that. Mm-hmm. But even putting that aside, there then becomes a question of if we give someone more power, to whom are they accountable? And I think that's where we really get into it with superheroes and the Avengers especially because, like, no one chose these people to do that. You know, Captain America, sort, he volunteered for a government program, but, like, what would you say? I said besides Nick Fury. Well, right. Okay. But, yeah, well, the people but even he, I mean, he goes against his uh, accountability, as we'll discuss at a later point. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, Tony Stark saw a problem and made himself a vigilante and decided that yeah. he was going to go fix it. And he's pretty good at that in some ways. And then he tries to fix it in Ultron and does a really bad job. Doesn't go so good. Um, so, yeah. So let, let's, let's kind of talk about it specifically for how do you think having superpowers changes this discussion of accountability? I don't think it does mm. as much as people think it does or as most people um, see. I, I don't, I don't think it changes it fundamentally. Right. Um, I mean, so, you know, one thing that I'd start with is like, it's often seen as like these people with powers are sort of othered. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we get to decide what they do or, um, you know, but if, if we look at the Avengers, okay, we've got if, – if we look at, say, um, the Avengers from the Avengers, right, and we can move on further right. from that. But to start with, you've got Tony Stark, who is just a guy, but has this – he's created, you know, outstanding futuristic tech um, that's, you know, made into weapons, basically, literally, right. um, that – he then uses proactively, right, to go around and do certain things, um, like, you know, kill militia or whatever in whatever country has his weapons in it or whatever. Um, so that happens in Iron Man. And, you know, there's not really a whole lot of accountability right there. Then you have Captain America, who did, he volunteered. Um, and so he was basically chosen. Uh, he right. was literally chosen, right? And imbued with this physical power by the government of the United States, by a sort of, by a secretive branch of the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly who signed off on that, I, I don't remember exactly how all that worked. I think there was like a senator involved or something. But Howard Stark probably was pulling a lot of strings somewhere. <laughs> he, yeah, he was definitely in there, right? So money had its influence. And, and Captain uh, America is an interesting example because he is, for the most part, accountable to the U.S. government from whom he takes orders. He does at, at one least, point violate yeah. those orders quite distinctly. Um, right. But he's uh, in theory- uh, Yeah. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I was just going to say up to a point, right? I'd right. say by the time we start talking about Ultron and Civil War, I think he's basically no longer doing that. Is yeah, my, once he wakes you know? back up from the ice, I think he's no longer doing that for sure. Well, no, I mean, he wakes up from the ice and... Oh, yeah, I mean, in the first Captain America movie, he violates orders. But yeah. um, uh, so so we can kind of see that sort of spark of like, you know, I'm going to do what I think is right no matter what. Right. Um, 
kind of no matter what anybody else says, right? Um, but in um, like in the Avengers and in um, Winter Soldier, he's at the beginning of Winter Soldier. He's he's a soldier basically for Shield, right? Or he's an yeah. agent of Shield. And then halfway through the movie, he's like, um, "Yeah, let's not do this part anymore." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm now I'm calling the shots. He basically promotes himself to the head of his own team, right? Right. Um, so though I think. You know, Captain America on some level should have more accountability um, because he was basically given his powers by um, an institution. Um, on the other hand, you know, Tony Stark has just way more power, right, in terms yeah. of actual raw power. Um, you know, and then if we want to go further in that, that direction, there's the Hulk, who's got just an insane amount of raw physical power that he gave himself by accident. Um and then we have Thor, who's literally, you know, a god in North mytho Norse mythology, who's an alien. And then it's like, then you're like, okay, well, you know, what about like, I mean, are there like interplanetary treaties? Like, right. how are you, how are you going to, who's, should he be accountable to Asgard? I mean, I mean, the entire first move, the entire first Thor movie, which I don't talk about often because I don't think it's very good. Um, but that whole movie is about him being held accountable by the rules of Asgard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and, you know, and then the other two characters are like basically agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Black Widow yeah. and um, and Hawkeye. So you look at that group and it's a very different group. And three of them are ostensibly working for the U.S. government mm -hmm. in that movie. And then by Ultron, I'd say the six of them are kind of this independent force that it's like, yes, they're U.S. based, but they don't necessarily appear to be u.s sanctioned anymore right um and i think it's a reasonable question like who should hold them accountable that like should it be the u.s government or should it be some international organization and i i think definitely an international organization makes more sense except for the fact that the international organization is at least in the context of the mcu kind of a, a puppet organization to the like the U.S. government is still going to have control of them, right? Right. So, and I think there's a couple of things it brings up, especially because of the question of what happens when you are allowing yourself to be held accountable to an organization that then just, then winds up being awful, mm -hmm. um, which definitely is the Captain America story, especially in in Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier and, then, yeah. and other things. But even just backing up a second, I think another thing that you're getting at that's really important is, and I, I think I might even change the frame of my question because I think you're right that. It's not that having superpowers changes your being accountable. If you have superpowers and you just want to go be an accountant and a parent and live your life, then, yeah, I don't think there's any higher level of accountability. I, I think maybe the better way I'm saying the it— The IRS. If you're well, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, but I think maybe the better way of saying it is once you decide that if there's a problem in the world, you're, either you yourself or you as part of a team are going to go fix it. Yeah. Welcome back to Superhero Ethics. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty. Whoa, that was a word. <laughs> we had a little bit of technical difficulty. Um, Paul seems to have this odd idea that he needs electrical power in order to uh, record and get the internet. Uh, he had a blackout because, uh, you know, it's California. They do weird things like that. Um, so It's, it's we... my entropy. Yeah, exactly. It's just a thing. Um, it's a mage joke. Um, we, we... So we fell off right in the middle of the conversation, but... Instead of wanting to re we really thought the first 20 minutes of that were awesome, and we wanted to keep it. 
And now some of you are kind of like, wait, really? There's nothing <laughs> That's good there? That's what you guys think is awesome. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the point being that uh, instead of re-recording that and trying to go over that conversation, we wanted to just kind of jump back in. So um, for you, this sounds like it's 30 seconds later. It's actually about 12 hours later. It's currently 1.30 in the morning, my time. Um, so I'm currently a little bit punchy, which is great because when we started, Paul was a little bit punchy. Yeah. So I'm sure this is going to be just, just great. Yeah, nice um, balance, a nice balance. Exactly. But I think we can rally through because this is honestly – Somehow I thought this was not going to be much of a conversation, but we were maybe like 20 minutes in, and we were like, oh, this, we could do a whole series on this one topic. Because um, it's kind of at the heart and soul of everything we've been talking about <clears throat> on this podcast for the last couple of years. So with all that, let me jump back into the conversation. I'm going to try and um, make the point that I was making uh, when we got cut off. Because um, we were talking about what does it mean to be accountable. And, and I was uh, – yeah, I, what I was saying was that I think – just having powers doesn't make a person have to be more accountable than someone else. But the issue becomes once they decide that they're going to start trying to fix things uh, and fix things, you know, all over the world and, and often fix things for people who may not have asked them to fix things. Um, and the example I was starting to use was <clears throat> in the first Iron Man movie, uh, Tony Stark finds out that the nine rings are doing these terrible things in Afghanistan and that they're using his weapons. And so he, in his Iron Man suit, flies over there, um, shoots a lot of people, and in theory, rescues everyone. Um, as Becca Allen pointed out on our last episode, um, he doesn't actually try to, like, help the people, you know, by offering yeah. money to rebuild yeah. or anything like that. But the point I was going for is, I don't remember him checking if he can enter Afghan airspace. I don't remember him checking with the U.S. government in any way, shape, or form uh, and their military op- operations there. I don't remember him, like, basically doing anything to say, like, hey, is this something that would actually help? He just decides he knows what's best, and so therefore he's going to go at it. And I guess that's that, that was sort of the point I'm making is, you're right, it's not when a, someone has superpowers that they have to become accountable, but it's when they start saying, I'm going to use these powers to try and fix things, that now we need some kind of accountability in place. Yeah, so... You know, I think the more power somebody's trying to exercise, I mean, we all have power, right? Everyone has, and we all have varying levels of power based on a lot of factors. Um, And these characters have, and in some cases, sort of absurd levels of power, Um, but not necessarily, you know, a lot lot of times that's more just like absurd levels of physical power, right? But like, does... You know, does Steve Rogers have more power than, like, Jeff Bezos? Like, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I mean, all Captain America can do is punch people one at a time. Jeff Bezos can affect national policy. Right. And so similarly, like, Tony Stark has more power than any individual soldier in the U.S. military. But does he have more power than the U.S. military? Like, well, maybe once he creates Ultron. Um, You know, and I mean... Obviously, you know, the the U.S. military goes into a lot of places and, you know, who who are they accountable to? You know, any any given military, really. Right. The question like, well, who are are they accountable to their, you know, to the people of that country? Um, Is that country's government accountable to the United Nations? Like in theory. Right. But like, how's that working out? Yeah. I mean, it could be worse, but, you know, we haven't had an all-out nuclear war on Earth yet, but, 
um, you know, the, I, I, I guess sort of what, what I challenge is like the idea that superheroes are somehow sort of this special case. Like, right. it feels like that, right? But it's like, we have this massive issue with accountability in our own world. And superheroes, to me, are more of like um, an, an obvious metaphor for that in a lot of ways. Right. Well, I guess it's that I don't think that they need to be more accountable than, say, the army or the police. Right. But that they need to be as – that if they're yeah. acting in the function of the army or the police, which mm-hmm. they often are, mm-hmm. you know, fighting bad guys, then they need to be as accountable as the army or police. Right, and but I would say as accountable as the army and police should be, not yes. necessarily as they are in our own world anyway. Yes, yes. That, that's the really important phrase there, should be, right? Because in our world, right. I think those groups are absolutely not as accountable as they should be. They're definitely not as accountable as we'd like them to be. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree that I think, um, you know, but then the question is like, what does that accountability, accountability mean? What does it look right. like? Right. I think that's what a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Um. I think the last thing I would say, though, also is that, like, you know, there's a whole difference between, like, de jure and de facto. You know, what is the, the fact on the ground versus what's the law? And mm-hmm. I think with both police and army, as well as other things, like, no matter how well we do or don't think that those things are enforced, and I think we seem to agree that they're not enforced anywhere near as much as they are, yeah. there are at least official laws on the books. Like, you know, cops have codes of conduct they're supposed to follow. Armies have rules of engagement they're supposed to follow. Right. Um, superheroes mostly don't have those things. They're kind of just figuring them out as they go. Right. Um, and I think that's where, for me, a lot of the accountability conversation comes in as well, is the that, 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 that even that part is what's lacking. Right. So, I mean, I think, like, there are laws on the books. Like, if a person goes and does a thing that would fall under the category of, like, what superheroes go and do, like, there's generally laws for that. Right? Like... If you're walking down the street and somebody attacks someone else and you intervene, there are different places. There are going to be different laws for that. Um, right. And what those laws should be, that's a very, you know, that can be a complicated question. Right. Um, but, but I think pretty me, clearly, like, those laws don't – they might in theory are, apply to superheroes, but yeah. they've never been applied. Right. Or rarely. Right. right. I mean, uh, often the plot of a Batman is like, well, he can't just go around doing these things. Like, you know. And it's like, yeah, okay. Um, but, right. you know, but in the in the context of Batman, or to bring it back to the Avengers, like, in, in the Avengers world, it's not like these government agencies are accountable in the way that we think they should be accountable. Which is right. why then when we get into, you know, Civil War and the question of, you know, the Sokovia Accords, f- for me, it's like, well, if you had this sort of, Utopia isn't isn't utopic isn't isn't really the word, but like you know, uh, um, an idealized version of accountability. Yeah, like the way that we think, more or less, like how it should happen. Then something like that would make more sense. Whereas right. to me, within the actual context of the MCU, it's like, well, you know, the U.S. government, the um, you know, the National Security Council, or whatever it is, like they don't. Those those don't seem like institutions that are accountable to the people in any tangible right. way, um, and they don't seem like responsibility. Those aren't the people that I want, you know, our heroes basically to be accountable right. to. Yeah, and I think that that's that's going to kind of be a, a key part of all this. Is I think a lot of the question becomes. 
if we can't have the idealized version, do you like if you have to kind of fall one way or the other, is it worse to be too accountable to an individual or too, a, too accountable to a group? You know, and I think that's the kind of question we're going to be wrestling with throughout right. this podcast. Um, so let's actually go to the kind of the next part of this question of like if, if we agree at least that there's some need for some accountability, but like how that gets played out is, is the heart of this question. Um, and we will, I promise, be getting into the Avengers directly pretty soon. <laughs> um, but we just I mean, there's, there's, such, there's so much to this debate. I think we really wanted to frame it. Um, the next part is accountability to whom? Uh, who do you think a hero uh, who has chosen to kind of intervene in these things, who should they be accountable to? I mean, so there's like within the context of the stories and then there's like in an idealized world. Um, right. I'm going to go with within the context of the stories. I think it often I'm kind of taking a, a page out of out of your book. And, you know, I really one of the things I really like about, you know, superhero sort of team um, teams, really, yeah. you know, team up things or whatever, um, is that you often get some of the heroes holding the other heroes accountable and being like, wait, you know, whoa, like, why are we doing this? I mean, there's a line in, in um, Ultron where um, Barton says to, um, I mean, I think it's his wife. I don't know if they're married or not. But anyway, um, he says to her, you don't think they, they need me? And she says, I think they do. And that's much scarier. Like, yeah. and, you know, there's an extent to which he's sort of part of the, you know, the conscience of, of the team. I mean, he, like having a human who's like fairly normal, and I'd say it would be Natasha, except um, she's a little more assassin-y yeah. uh, <laughs> at that point in time. Yeah, I mean, you know, once you get to like Endgame, it, it, it's kind of flipped, right? But right. Um, <clears throat> at that point in time, you know, there's an extent to which, you know, Cap is supposed to be kind of the conscience of the team, and there's an extent to which he is, but, you know, he has this power and so having someone who's a little bit more of like yeah i've just got a bow and arrow like yeah you know i'm gonna kind of check you guys a little bit on like what are, what are you doing with all this power um yeah, yeah I, I think i <clears throat> i often do like the team idea quite a bit i i've talked before about how it's part of why i like the Arrowverse so much mm-hmm. uh on 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 the wb wait no that channel wc w what the hell's WB? the name of that channel um yeah it's the wb right wb okay yeah. <clears throat> I like. I remember UPN and like all. That. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. It, It's been called oh. some things over the years. Yeah. Uh, wow, I just dated myself. But yeah, that and, and also even Justice League. Like so, so many of my favorite episodes are about like where one character is getting a little bit heated, and the others have to kind of rein them in a little bit. And and I think to some extent that's what a lot of the Avengers when they're at their best are. And uh, we'll talk about Ultron in a bit. I, I think it's a great example of of how that functions specifically because. Tony knows he can't go to the rest of the yeah. group because they will try to talk him out of Ultron. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that is one particularly good model. And I think that that's a – part of what it gets at is that there's, I think there's kind of like two different levels of the accountability. One is what how you make the decision. And then the other is who judges the consequences, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it I like that team aspect. I think the, the problem for me with it becomes – um, kind of what you said, the why you need Cliff, that I feel like it's very easy for a group of the people who all do this to all start kind of backing each other up of like, oh, yeah, no, of course you took the right chance. I would have done that too. Um, take a look at the cops. You know, like in theory, one of the ideas is that cops will hold each other accountable. Yeah. Um, How's that, that working out? <laughs> that don't work so well. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and with something like the Arrowverse, one thing they do is the idea that each of them comes from such a different background that they kind of kind of do. Um, mm-hmm. I think. So I think that's I think that is one key area to be accountable. I think another key area though is to the people you're claiming to help. Right. Um, I think. And part of this comes out of like a lot of my fears about white savior complex and things like that, and things mm-hmm. that I, I think you know certainly we've seen in our own world. Like how many times has the United States been like, oh, we're going to go help the people of Vietnam or help the people of uh, right, right, you, right. you know Guatemala, right. and the people yeah. like, no, no, could could you not help so much, please? <laughs> um, you know, and I think that'd be an interesting question is you know to the people in uh, the the African country where Scarlet Witch wound up accidentally killing some folks. Like she actually probably lessened the amount of killing. Probably. But how would they feel about it? Like, you know, right. who were they accountable to? Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's – but because you're right. It's, it's each one of the groups we could think – like, each one of the groups we could think of, you know, has that problems. And, of course, then there's also accountability to yourself. And this is, I think, really the cap idea is that you have to kind of set for yourself your own ideas, your own boundaries, your own limits – you know, Batman to me is a great example of this because Batman yeah. says, like, I'm say, same with Daredevil, I will not kill. Um, now, we've talked about how we think there's kind of bad writing around, like, we won't kill, we'll just hit people in the head with metal pipes. Right, um, yeah, yeah. But at least they're holding themselves to that rule. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a number of different ways you, a person can be accountable. And we can talk about kind of like which, which ones make the most sense. Yeah, I, and I, I think you make uh, – well, first I want to um... – Mention a couple corrections to ourselves. One, it's the CW. Right? Oh, thank I think, you. Okay, I was like, yeah. WB does not sound right. Right, and it's Clint, not Cliff. Um, I okay. think I might have. I don't know who called him Cliff first, but um, let's just change his name. Anyway, uh-huh. um, uh, I think you make a important point about the you know the the difference between accountability in a decision making process and the difference <clears throat> between accountability in a sort and holding accountable right Right. um in in a what are the consequences for something and i think in a decision making process it often is going to be more effective if it's a smaller team type thing and then i think the consequences are going to be decided on by a community hopefully a community that's you know represented effectively and not um you know, if, if you have a place and there's a monarch or a corporatocracy or any kind of oligarchy, it's like, well, often the government of that, you know, community, it, it's not representative of the people. It's representative right. of the rich people, basically, right? Like throughout human history. And that's sort of, that's that's kind of where a lot of my issue comes from with, you know, um, everything basically coming down to... Um, what you know what the the government says is right or okay um right. is it, just that i i don't think the government's been in the hands of the people even in countries where it ostensibly is and that's right. to varying degrees right um but so yeah i mean ultimately i mean i i think i tweeted something years ago that basically um like my only loyalty is to my own conscience which is mm. like basically pretty much in line with what cap's saying in that in civil war where you know, um, although in the movie it's um, Haley Atwell's character, right? It's um, Agent Carter right. who who says this. But in, in the comic, make like a tree and, and exactly, yeah, well, yeah. In the movie, it's it's Cap quoting uh, uh, her. It's in in, in the Carter. movie, it's Sharon Carter quoting 
Uh, oh, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah Sharon yeah, Carter yeah. quoting Agent Carter. Right. Um, but a- anyway, the, the point being that, like, that is something that I both firmly believe in and also can completely understand how people can take that as license to just, like, do whatever they want. And the question is, like, are you really asking yourself, you know, is is this what I should be doing? Is this a good thing to do? Or are you saying, this is what I want to do, and now I'm going to come up with an excuse for why it's a thing I'm going to do? And right. within the context of Civil War, like, Steve's basically like, yeah, I'm not just going to let them kill Bucky. And, like, I'm not going to just go and be part of this organization and let them tell me what to do because the last organization I was part of was like horrible. Right. And so I think, go ahead. No, just it's, it's difficult, right? It's like, how much do you trust yourself compared to how much do you trust other people? And in the movie, the reason I think like everybody's wrong is because they don't, like take the time to sit down and have a conversation about it, right? Right. Which I mean, obviously we talk. I've about known that. people who are like, "Look, I'm I'm on Team T'Challa," and I'm kind of like, "Yeah, that kind of <laughs> makes some sense." Um, yeah, I mean, except um, like in in Civil War, he's mostly just like, "I want vengeance," and yeah, like which is by also the, not great, right? Right. And by the end of it, like he's all like wise and shit, but like, yeah. you know, I, I guess to me, here's the thing, and I um, we're 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 getting closer to the Civil War stuff, which is at the heart of all of this, so it makes mm-hmm. sense, um. Like, when you say the whole thing about I trust my own conscience, and that's very mm-hmm. much the, the Carter or the Cap idea of, you know, even if when everyone else thinks you're wrong, you say, you know, I'm going to plant myself as a tree and say you move. Um, and, like, you know, Gandhi says something like that. You know, like, um, it, the, the, there's some Gandhi yeah. quote about, like, you know, hold your voice even when everyone else is telling you you're wrong. Right. Um, and there's, on one degree, I love that because I think there is so much of the power of the human conscience. The question, I think, though, becomes how much should I trust your conscience? Mm. Um, especially – and so there's, there's two elements there. One is that I feel like one of the things that I think that I'm most afraid of and that I see certainly in – and I think I see in Cap and in Tony but I, and I see in our own like government and stuff like that mm-hmm. is when you get too far into that, like where's the moment where you say, wow, all these other people are against me. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm right. wrong. Um and I think that's where it gets the other part of it to me. And to me, this is the heart and soul of Civil War is I think the reason why I am very wary of judging just by your own conscience is it's so very hard to know when you're acting out of your own conscience versus when you're letting, as you said, your emotions cloud you so yeah. that you feel like, you know, actually, well, this is my conscience once really just like, you know, what you want. And I think the best, right. thing, you know. Tony absolutely does that because mm-hmm. Tony is so terrified of what he saw himself do in Ultron yeah. that he's like, Sokovia, you take all the power. I don't want right. this anymore. But I'd argue the flip side, A, Cap is so afraid of what he saw happen to S.H.I.E.L.D. Which, yeah. for very good reasons. <laughs> right, right. No, I... That now he wants no, no one control. But the other thing is, how much is it also that like his best friend who he thought was dead for 60 years is now back and he doesn't want to lose that person again. Like, yeah, a lot, do you, I think, do you think cap well, would make the same decision if it was just a random guy who had been a Russian soldier and who maybe could now be saved? I, so yes and no. Um, I think the, I don't know whether he would have gone after him in the same way, but 
what happened, I, I think they sort of threw down about the Accords before it came out, oh, by the way, this was Bucky. Um, right. I just watched the movie, so I really wish that I knew 100%. But I don't think, I think he basically took a position and then... I think and, you're. I think you're right. No, you, that is right because it's the signing of the Sokovia Accords is when the king of Rwanda right. is killed. So yeah yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So, so yeah. I mean, I, I think if it was some random, you know, um, retired assassin who'd allegedly done it, um, I don't know if he would have then gone out out of his way to the extent that he did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which you know you can have opinions about for sure um but i i do think he basically was like no i'm not signing i'm not gonna have this group telling me what to do or what not to do like i'm not gonna just sit on the sidelines because they say oh you can't go there and like you know but at the same time it's like i'm gonna go there and then if they arrest me they arrest me which to me is that sort of it's like yeah i'm not going to then become a super villain and like kill everybody who's trying to arrest me or whatever, um, which he and... kind of then does. I mean, I don't when think he when he becomes about people. Bucky, yeah, I mean he fights people. Um, right, he's mostly fighting. He's mostly chasing Bucky there at first, right, and then. Right. I mean, um, he, he he fucks up some German police officers pretty bad. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And I mean that gets into the whole like you know. Um, you know, n- not killing, but having ridiculous comic book violence that would like right. totally kill people in real life. Right. Um, but yeah. So, you know, I mean, we can think about Gandhi or we can think about like Rosa Parks or, you know, people who are just like, no, you know, I'm right. like, this is, this is what the society is, what, um, you know, the laws are telling me to do. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Cause I think it's wrong. Um, I don't think there were zero other people in their lives who were like, yeah, this is wrong, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and, and let me just jump in, though. Rosa Parks actually, I think, is an example of the kind of um, accountability to a community but not the law. Yeah. Because she very much did not do that on her own. Right. She was a part of the local NAACP, mm-hmm. and they had talked for a while about what would be the best. Like, they had really strategized mm. and kind of come up with a plan right. that Rosa or someone else like her should, you know, on the day they chose, like, not get up right um and i think that's a really interesting example because that's one where they all decided that the law was wrong yeah. and so they were not going to be accountable to the law but they were going to be accountable to this group who all had this shared mission right and so you know i don't it's it's like cap doesn't go off and just be like I, yeah i'm just going to be me and i'm going to do whatever right. i want like he he's yeah he's the leader of the secret avengers but he's like i'm going to go off and there's other people who agree with me you know right um, or, you know, at the same time, it's like, do they specifically agree with him or are they maybe more sort of like, um, I mean, like Sam kind of is like, you know, you, you call it, you know, and whoever ends up shooting at you usually ends up shooting at me. But like, right. you know, uh, he, it, it doesn't seem like Sam's like, this is what we're going to do N- nearly as much as it seems like Rhodey is like, Rhodey's not like behind Tony on team Tony, like. It's almost like Team Rhodey as much as it is Team Tony. Yeah, no, Rhodey is behind. Yeah, maybe Kobe even more Ports. so, right? Like, um, well, I think actually because the three of them represent three really interesting positions. You know, yeah, Tony and Cap, I think, are the perfect opposites because 
you know, Cap was part of a military organization for a long time, mm-hmm. has seen how bad that can be, and doesn't want that anymore. Right. Tony has only been accountable to himself, yeah. sees how bad that can be. Whereas Rhodey, he's like the only one who hasn't shifted. He's part of an organization. He's accountable mm-hmm. to them. Maybe probably because he's seen Tony, and he's like, I don't want to go right. where Tony is. Right, right. I right. want, if I'm going to strap into this metal suit, I want to be accountable to some larger group. So he's very on board with, yeah, let's let, sign, sign me up. Yeah, and Sam also is ex-military and left. After, you know, things went quite side, sideways um, in, in his military career, and so he, he might have some sort of lingering bitterness. Or It doesn't right. really feel like that so much, but it definitely feels like he doesn't have a, like, you know, just fully trusting the system, everything's, like, great. Um, I mean, and... I know from Sam the idea that Sam feels like he's back in a military organization and and he has a general to whom he's accountable and it's cap right yeah yeah that's fair yeah that makes sense um and yeah so it's like you know it's a sub team it's a new team basically right right? it's not like one guy just being like i'm just gonna do whatever i want and so he still has some of that accountability you know to the others And, and then um you know that I mean, because like basically, he and he and Black Widow are are running the Avengers when, um, the you know the incident with with Wanda happens, right? Um, and and so it's like, it, you know, the to the extent to which it's like that's <clears throat> their fault or whatever. Like to me, it seems like that's the sort of thing where there's there should be a trial, right? Like yeah. it's like let's have an investigation, let's have a trial. Like if. You know, let let the courts decide. I mean, as long as you know the courts are, are reasonable and not some right. you know horrible corrupt institution. So, so let's use that actually to start jumping into some specific examples, and we'll, we'll definitely get to, to Scarlet Witch and Sokovia uh, and um, um, Civil War. But but starting actually at the beginning of the Avengers, because mm-hmm. um, to me, I, I think we actually brought up a number of interesting accountability issues during the Avengers. Uh, we can talk about a bunch of them, but but to me, the, the specific one is Nick Fury. Yeah. Because, in theory, Nick Fury is accountable to the Avengers Council. Uh, what is it called? The um, th- the Shield Council. I, I think it's like the World Security Council or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and you know, he works for them, yeah. and in theory, the whole Avengers uh, initiative is under their direction. Uh, which is also is as he said, like it's, it's someone's running the show. But that's, you know, I don't think the U.N. Yeah. officially approved that. By any right, means. exactly. Like four um, or five people on these like screens in a dark room. It's like, that's probably not representing the people of Earth <laughs> in any kind of remotely democratic fashion. Well, and, and so, or even, yeah, I mean. you know, they they make the decision to nuke New York, which right. um, I, I, I said on a different podcast, I'm not entirely thinking they're wrong. And that's, you know, um, a whole other story there. Um, but, but yeah, and then Nick just is like, nah, you know, I trust my guys. Um, in doing so, Fury is, you know, basically putting the, the lives of 8 million New Yorkers, if not the entire world, you know, in his gut feeling about his people to win a war. Well, Um, well, he's, he's putting the lives of the 8 million New Yorkers ahead of the, the risk of the rest of the world. Cause right. Also very true. Uh, you know, I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like, a certain death of eight million people with the much higher. Yeah, like exactly, and yeah, it, it's yeah. the math of it goes in all yeah. sorts of different ways. Yeah. I'm going to go on record as being against the new the nuking of New York just <laughs> just for when we like clip the highlights like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I'm not saying I'm totally in favor. Of it. I'm just saying that I feel like I get your point. Yeah, I I I think that it's there's like a thousand to one. Well, it, here, here's my larger point, and I do think it, it, it comes into the accountability thing. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that heroes will often do is say, I believe I can do this a thousand to one chance. Right. And so I'm going to take this risk because I think we can do it. Yeah. And that the problem is that when they do that, they're often – who else are they putting at risk by doing that? Right. You know? And that's where the thing with the New York thing. But, but even so, yeah. So they're like, what do you think – who is Fury accountable to and who should he be accountable to? Um, I think at that moment, he's accountable to his own conscience. I yeah. think he's just like, no, <laughs> you're not going to nu- nuke New York with the plane off my ship for sure. Like, yeah. and then he shoots one down and then another one's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go instead. Um, you know, and I mean, he blows up one of his pilots too. <laughs> like, let's, he, you know, he kills someone there, right? No, no, um, I, think, I think you very clearly see the pilot. I think you see the pilot eject. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's, that's very, you know comic book um yeah. it, it's very it's very prominent i think specifically so you don't think he just so you don't the guy. okay yeah well and i he certainly risked the pilot's life yes that's also very true <laughs> they were in danger um <laughs> there's no daredevil batman way to blow up the plane <laughs> right exactly i mean here's the thing like as part of the secret organization that like supposedly doesn't even officially exist publicly um I think, although it's all kind of unclear, I think before this, the Shield series um, and before the Winter Soldier, like how much anybody in the world really knows that Shield exists. Like it seems like right. it is this shadowy organization, and it seems like well, but maybe it wasn't, but maybe it is. Um, I mean, he's accountable to them, to the World right. Security Council, um, which apparently ends up being like, yeah, all right, we're good. Um, you know, uh, we we got the you know staff and and we i mean there's also like no like oh yeah the nuke totally would have sealed the portal and kept aliens from invading right i mean there's so much there we don't know right like Um, that was a hail mary in the first place like trying to nuke new york um i I mean in terms of accountability i I think it is i think you're right i think it does come down to what nick's conscience should say and i'm not thinking like i in that regard i'm with you you know i feel like because, yeah, who the hell is this council? What do they know? What, you know, who do they represent? Yeah, who are, who are you to nuke New York? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> like, um, I mean, if one of them lived there or something, then I'd be less against it. But, yeah, you know, if they're like, yeah, nuke me, we're good. Um, you know, but, I, I could see maybe some um, folk, like, in, to, to switch gears for a bit, but it's very connected yeah. to this. In the Superman movie, the level of uh, the, the Zack Snyder one, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. the level of destruction that was done to Metropolis was so gratuitous yeah. that it became actually a major plot point in the next movie was how upset people were about it, and, and right. Batman specifically. Yeah. Um, and the, here's where I feel like, you know, accountants and, like, number crunchers can, like, you know, make things difficult to be sure. Yeah. But I do feel like, you know... The Avengers didn't have any kind of, like, guidelines of, you know, here's about the amount of collateral damage we're willing to be comfortable with, and here's maybe where you should draw the lines. And, like, that's where I would kind of want some accountability is some some group coming along and saying, like, okay, let's – 
let, let's calculate the damage to New York City. Let, let's kind of review some footage and see, like, maybe unleashing the Hulk was not the best plan. Or, like, maybe it was, maybe it was necessary. But, like, th- those are the kind of things I think that I often think of when I think of accountability mm-hmm. is, like, granted, they're in the heat of the moment. They're just focusing on winning at all costs. But but where's the ability to say, okay, but what, what, what are those costs? And are those costs what we should be paying? And, and can we adjust those in any way? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, a, a, you don't make laws for alien invasions before you have an alien invasion. Also right? true. <laughs> so, so like that, that would be uh, like the de- definition of... Um, yeah, I think know, that one's a mulligan, you know? Right, and we'll right. just like... <laughs> Um, but I, I do think like, you know, you, at that point, then you're like, okay, well, if this happens again, what's our plan? And that, that's one thing that actually is quite disappointing, I think, about um, the MCU. And like, I don't like super fault them for it or anything, but, right. um, you know, Tony's not wrong in Ultron. Or like in in Iron Man three, he's he's basically got PTSD, I think, right, from yeah. having you know gone through a wormhole into space carrying a nuke and like you know fought off an alien invasion like that. I I imagine would be traumatic, um, and what he wants to do, which is prepare Earth to be able to defend itself against. A potential future alien invasion seems like a worthwhile thing to do at that point in time yeah um you know we see a bunch of movies that happen after that and there's some references in one to another um you know to, to each other but you know what are the stories like in that world and we see this a little bit in like jessica jones or daredevil or whatever but not a lot but like yeah what are the stories in that world after aliens invaded new york you know what are the conspiracy theories like what percentage of earth's population like no that was just a yeah. that's just a, the moon landing you know um like yeah, i think daredevil does a great job of showing like the economics that happen yes. in terms of the cleanup and like yeah but, i mean you know just the insurance like what's the insurance industry like after right. something like that, you know. <laughs> but also, you're right. Like, what is the level of just worldwide panic and fear? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the TV show Watchmen, uh, which is the uh, comes after the movie, um, and the and the comic. Oh, book comes after that. the movie. Oh yeah, the, the the TV show that came out recently is set like 30 years after the um the the comic book was set and the movie was okay. set. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's very very good. I won't spoil anything, but like, yeah. you know, uh, you've seen the original Watchmen, right? I have. Okay, have you read the comic book? I have not. Okay, do you mind if I spoil a thing from the comic book? That's fine. Okay. I think I've read about it anyway. In the comic book, instead of it being Dr. Manhattan who gets framed for the attack, um, Ozymandias literally, like, um, fakes an alien invasion or fakes an alien incident that causes millions of people. The idea being that then the United States and Russia will unite against them. Right. Um, And one thing the TV show goes into is how there's now this, like, whole cottage industry of like people selling snake oil to protect you from like alien influence you know right, and like right. so many people are now like either like alien groupies or alien fears or you know any of this stuff and and you're right i would like to see the mcu have more of that like just how does the society change yeah. um 
but but pulling it back a bit, I think, and this is kind of a good way to to, to uh, segue into Avengers two, um, Age of Ultron. Um, you're right. I think I think where Tony starts from of feeling like the world needs to be protected makes a lot of sense. Especially yeah, I mean Thanos because, is coming. <laughs> yeah, Thanos is coming. Like there, and I think this is an odd connection I'm about to make, but I think it kind of tracks. Like. I think he also feels like no one is listening. He has this kind of Cassandra moment of like, I have seen the, like everyone else saw the invasion, but I actually saw the full fleet in a way no one else has, has done. Yeah. I get why this is so scary. Yeah. Um, he kind of reminds me of some of the folks who, and here I'm very sympathetic to these folks as well as to him, who are the ones who are yelling and screaming most about climate change because they're like, they think, and I, I agree with them. Like there's this like, you know, existential threat to humanity coming and so much of the world is saying eh, maybe but i don't want to lose my good car yeah yeah i mean it's it's really quite surreal when you really think about what's going on on earth right now Mm -hmm. right like the 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 petty squabbles of humans basically while which you know some of which are extremely serious right right and i don't i don't mean to um imply that they're not actually extremely serious on a person-to-person interpersonal you know many of these things are an individual's extinction they're you know a family's massive tragedy they're a large group of people's horrific oppression um and meanwhile though like the earth is burning like right. we are destroying it as a species and it's like it's hardly mentioned when it comes to like all the political things people want to talk about it's like an afterthought and you know the thing is so many people are like oh yeah yeah it's really important blah blah blah, blah. like I, I you know i i don't carry plastic bags to the store i take my own bag okay um but like it's just not being dealt with in any right. real way like because being dealt with would be this just massive change to the way we're living right and, and, and what like, oh, good oh just to bring it back like what tony sees is he's like there are who knows how many different groups of aliens out there right and some mm-hmm. of them want to come here and kill all of us or enslave us right it's right. it's unclear and like that for everybody, like most people are just after the attacks. They're like, whoa, did you see this thing? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But did you see this new pair of shoes? You know, it's like people are just going to go back to their life and just keep living like, well, we're just going to face what's in front of us. And, you know, they end up basically hilariously outgunned. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think that's why, like, it does it makes sense to me where where tony's coming from you know this mm-hmm. this and and especially because i think even then he is starting to think like what if i'm not enough you know what right. if i can't do this and i think because of that he's also sort of you know you were saying this before i think he's kind of recognizing that most of the the superpowers they have are very good at one on one or maybe even 10 on one fights you know yeah. like but but cap can't punch a planet you no. know uh, like Hawkeye can't fire arrows to de- like destroy an army. Like yeah. he can, you know, fight a couple at a time. Yeah. Uh, even the Hulk, as good as he is, like can't, you know, he can't do those things. Captain right. Marvel, maybe, but but we don't know she's around yet. Right, exactly. Yeah, like she would have been really helpful. 
yeah. during Infinity War. Well, and so maybe that's actually a good question is Tony is doing exactly what you were talking about from Cap. Tony is saying, my conscience tells me this is what I need to do. I have found an answer. I think this works. So why is he wrong? He's wrong because he knows he's wrong. Because he basically, he says it out loud. He's like, he's like, they're just going to tell us not to do this. Like, he's wrong because he, he never holds himself accountable to the people that he's, you know, been fighting side by side with who've seen maybe not exactly the same things he's seen, but who mm-hmm. know what's out there, right? I mean, Thor especially, right? Like, right. why does the Scepter have to go back to Asgard in three days, right? Like, is, isn't that, that's, I think that was the plan? Is I think so, plan? yeah. Um, like, talk to Thor. Talk to right. Cap. Like, have, like, he basically just bullies Bruce into helping him. And he, he, I don't think that he really, like, on some level, he thinks what he's doing is right, right? But I think he knows it's not the right way to go about it. But mm-hmm. it's just the easiest way to go about it, and that's why he does it that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly think um, Bruce, to me, is a great example of where accountability can be kind of like a fig leaf. Because I think, yeah. in his mind, he can tell people, no, no, I'm, I'm totally, I held myself accountable. I yeah. talked to Bruce Banner about it. Yeah. Because he knows that, as you said, he, he can bully Bruce into agreeing with him. Yeah, he sought out the one guy who he knew wouldn't actually stand up to him on it. I, I guess here's why I raise the question is because, for me, I feel like Cap could have done a lot of those same things. Like, Cap could have gone to the rest of the team and said, well, what do you think about the Sokovia Accords? And, and he did, and yeah. most of them were against him. Um, and I think Cap is braver about it, but I feel like Tony is also acting out of his own conscience. Mm. And, okay. and here, here, here's, I guess, maybe the heart and soul of the question. Acting out of your own conscience works if you're as good a person as Cap is. Yeah. It does not work if you're as bad a person. You know, if Tony's still flawed. a decent person. If you're as flawed That's a person true. as Tony is. Yeah. So the question becomes, do you set the rule assuming everyone's a Cap? or assuming er- and, and therefore, like, taking the risk of a Tony make the wrong choice? Or do you set the rule of assume everyone's a Tony and take the risk of someone like a Cap being more limited than he should be? I mean, I think each person sets the rule for themselves. And it takes a level of self-awareness and which, you know, I mean, I recognize most people don't have, I mean, I guess I've spent my whole life kind of feeling like, certainly not like a Captain America, but like, yeah, I mean, I've spent since I was five, basically, I've spent my entire life feeling like I'm right about a thing. Almost everybody else is wrong about that thing. It really like is excruciating when I spend time thinking about it and thinking about the level of suffering that exists in the world because of that. And, you know, it's not like I'm never willing to question myself. Right. And, and to be clear, and, and you're I talking about being a vegetarian and then later yeah, vegan. Yeah. And, and, you know, more, more broadly, maybe just the way humans treat non-human animals, right? Yeah. Like if, you know, if people decide like in certain cultures or in certain circumstances, whatever, it's, it's not like I'm judging every individual action that, that most people make. It's the, I mean, particularly the way you look at it in the world as it is today, you know? And, um, and so, you know, I, I do think like, but you know, meanwhile, like I have a car that runs on gas and like, I know that that's bad. Right. And... and I guess that's the thing is like, I think 
I, I think I know what you were saying about each person decides it for themselves. The problem to me is I think we have such a low level of um, self-awareness that I think like when, when the rule is every person gets to decide for themselves, you get the people who say, you know, I've read the statistics. I've read the science. I don't think yeah. I need to wear a mask. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately what I mean is every person does decide for themselves mm-hmm. and then the law is what it is. Right. And it holds people accountable to the extent that it does. Like, you know, I, th- I think having some sort of laws that would hold people accountable for doing the things that superheroes do makes sense. Right? Yeah. I do think that that makes sense. I think that the Sokovia Accords, as they were drawn or as they were presented to us in Civil War, don't achieve that goal in an effective fashion. Yeah. And... But you know when when we were when we were doing the the hundredth podcast, I was like Tony's right to be on to- to- Team Tony. Yeah. I mean, he, right? I mean, he no he 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 gains that self awareness. Right. I think through Ultron. Right. He he maybe he overreacts in that direction, but I don't think he's wrong to say yes. Somebody should be there. I should have some oversight right. over me. Right. He's correct. Um, meanwhile, I think Cap is also right, like that he should have some people he talks to and listens to, but like, I don't think he needs someone telling him like, don't go make a murder bot. You know, that said, he does make, I think a pretty horrible decision in, um, uh, yes. Yeah. The whole, you don't trade lives thing. Yeah. Right. That, uh, which it's like, ultimately that's like, that should have been Vision's decision. And, you know, they Mm -hmm. do come around to like, well... You know, maybe there is a way to actually, you know, take it out and blah, blah, blah. And only a few thousand Wakandans will have to die. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the worst parts to me is that he does create lives. That's 100% the worst part. The lives of people who aren't his friends and are darker skinned. Um, Right, exactly. And that's extremely problematic. Right. Like, if they could have gotten, you know, um, if they could have done that, I don't know, somewhere else, you know. Yeah. Um, well, especially because, like, you say, like, well, okay, but King T'Challa, he takes that accountability. But he's a king! He's not elect! And granted, the, the idea is that no, in that yeah, culture, yeah. like, the people all love him, and he is accountable to them. But um, pulling it back to Ultron, though, and on this uh, subject, though, of, like, as you said, the laws should apply. Um, so what should happen to Tony for Ultron? Because I feel like if there were any sort of human law that applied here, one of two, one of two things should have happened. Either A, <laughs> there are many – there's a huge argument to be made that he has committed some kind of – like that the deaths of the people of Sokovia can be blamed on him, mm-hmm. whether it's, um, you, know, uh, you know, criminal indifference to human life or, you know, uh, negligent, negligent homicide yeah. or something. Like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to put him in jail. But if nothing else, like, you think some people could bring a lawsuit? Um <laughs> Yes. Like, yes, um, I do. I think basically he should just give all of his money to Sokovia. He should get one suit and like. Yeah, I mean, I think Sokovia should be able to tell Tony what he has to do for the rest of his. No, yeah. um, no, yeah, totally. I mean, so first of all, there probably isn't a whole lot of like legislation or international treaties on like what happens when someone builds a murder bot. Right. Um, you know, that said, there are probably some other laws that you know can be. Um, uh, brought to bear and I do think certainly from a civil standpoint like yeah there's there's some liability going on there and 
you know, unfortunately, a lot of those people are dead. Um, obviously, they have some, they left some people behind, like Baron Zemo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like, what what is the fallout after that? Like, it it should be some very substantial consequences, you know? Yeah. Um, and since it was basically Tony who did that, like, and, you know, and similarly, like, I mean, as we've already said, in... Um, and in uh, in Civil War, there should have been some consequences for, or there should have at least been an an investigation to like, okay, what happened here right. when this thing blew up? It's like Scarlet Witch didn't blow up a building; she moved a grenade that right. someone. Well, so you know, let's get into let's get into that yeah. exactly. So, yeah, like so in in Civil War, um, you know, they're in this situation, and and Scarlet Witch makes an instantaneous combat decision, right? And, um. I think one of the things that's interesting is that with, with a lot of situations now, both with the police and with the military, because we, we, we had a lot of cases where soldiers made instantaneous combat decisions, and sometimes they were thought to be right, and sometimes a lot of people thought they, they were a horrible decision. Um, you know, the question is, like, what, what are you supposed to do in that situation? And, and so, yeah, so what, what do you think of what Scarlet Witch does and, and what should have maybe happened to her? Um, I think what she does in that instance is like fine it mm-hmm. seems to make sense um like basically somebody has an explosive device that they're letting loose in a crowded area and she uses her powers to try to take it away from that crowded area and you know she accidentally puts it somewhere that is also crowded um so exactly what should happen to that um, after that it's like so just in terms of what she did what she did seems reasonable to me um obviously with tragic outcome right but like sometimes you i mean what if she just kicked the grenade right away from the people but then some what, other people remember, it wasn't a be... grenade it was uh uh skull bones with a crossbones cross and bones cross yeah bones. it was like this actually like a, a person a very large person who had a whole bunch of like explosive da- you know uh, strapped to his chest. Right. Okay. So, so some sort of explosive. Right. Um, so yeah, if, what if some, I don't know, big person like grabbed him and threw him away from a crowd, but then into another crowd, it's like, it's a little bit like the trolley problem, except like on, you don't know how many people are on the other track. Right. right. It's like if it's a dark tunnel and you're like, oh, let's turn the trolley down this other dark tunnel instead of running over those three people. Oh shit. There were 11 people in that dark tunnel. Like, you know, what are the consequences for that? I don't know. I, th- I think you have to interview the witnesses. You have to see what really happened. Like, what would the account, you know, the outcome have been here? What would it, right. what w- was, was the Was there outcome? a better option that she didn't see in the moment? Right. And, you know, then do you hold her liable for that? Do you hold, you know, Cap liable for that? Which I think is maybe more reasonable. Yeah. Um, you know, do you hold the United States accountable for that? Because they're quote-unquote U.S.-based. I mean, that's where they're physically located. Right. You know, she's Sokovian, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, that's... It's complicated, basically. Um, but, but, like, yeah, there should be an investigation into that. And if it's found that, like, it was criminally negligent, then, you know, you can have lawsuits, you can have trials. That, that all seems quite, like, a reasonable um, yeah. consequence. 
Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. And I think that's actually where I would start to get to the kind of accountability that I would want for a group like the Avengers. Because, mm-hmm. and again, here we're talking about what the military and police should do. And they don't always by any means. And in some weird ways, the military has gotten better at this than a lot of police have, which is not a sentence I thought I would say 10 years ago. And, and certainly by <laughs> no means, like, you know, there's still some terrible things the U.S. military is doing in parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you mentioned it's the trolley problem and there's an extent to which... Um, you know, no one person should have to have this, like, intense philosophical, like, reasoning to figure out the most ethical choice to make in this life-or-death instantaneous moment. Right. But so the point, then, is supposed to be that an organization like the police or the army is supposed to say, here's our answer to the trolley problem. Here's what we want you as soldiers to do in order to... These are, like, the decision trees to minimize the risk... And right. to reduce the amount of uh, collateral damage as much as possible while doing what you have to do. And now we're going to train you very rigidly to be able to make those decisions on an instantaneous basis. And and then the public should be able to say, like, okay, well, how is that training working? And is that a problem? And one of the things that I think we've seen with the police, actually, is that one of the most effective things that's been done to reduce police violence is looking at how a lot of the way those cops are trained is often very it, – it's, it's um, unintentionally or, or maybe intentionally, but mostly subconsciously, but it's instilling racist ideas. you know. And so it's mm-hmm. helping put cops more into the mindset of like a black body sh- pops up that's more of a threat. you know. Right. And so there's been a public accounting, and the public is able to sort of talk to cops and being like, hey, you really need to change some of these things. And sometimes the, yeah. in some cities it's happened. Um, yeah. I think when I talk about accountability for the Avengers – that's the kind of thing that I would want more than anything. I'd want to mm-hmm. know, okay, you know, are the event if the Avengers are officially sanctioned, or even if they're not, like, what are the training protocols? You know, what right. are how is someone like Scarlet Witch being trained in terms of what is acceptable and what is not? Because I think I agree with you. If anyone is, I feel like if anyone is really to be held accountable here, maybe it's Cap or Black Widow or both of them. Because the yeah. question is either a, how was she trained, or because I think they say this is her, like, second day in the field or something like that. Um, so so maybe the other question is, like, was she ready to go in the field? You know, if a, a rookie cop makes a terrible mistake, um, I mean, almost no one's ever punished. But sometimes what will happen is that their training officer is also punished. Like, yeah, they, right. they, sh- they weren't ready to go out in the field with a gun. Um, yeah. so, so what would your kind of feeling on that be if it was something of a, like, okay, you Avengers are going to do your own thing. We're not going to try and, like, point you, but we're going to say, like, you need to publish like what your training standards are and you need to let others like through the government or through someone else, like have some input into how do you decide what's acceptable collateral damage. And when one of you does that, there gets to be a public hearing and we get to hold you accountable and maybe put you in front of a court of law. Um, right. that, that's the kind of uh, oversight you'd be okay with. Yeah. I mean, broadly speaking, that's the kind that I think, I think makes sense. And right. you know, like what it, you know, actually in practice was, I don't know. But um, yeah, I definitely think there's, you know, I think in the United States, cops have, you know, we can we can criticize what the training is, but also just if you look at the length of training compared to oh yeah most other countries, it's it's ridiculously short. Um, you know, I get the same feeling with Wanda. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, she was she was in the field. Well, you know, on on day one, right? Like right. against Ultron, but then then they I think did some training, 
later and maybe there weren't a whole bunch of things going on for a while and now this is like her first mission after that or maybe second or whatever um and i think we can definitely criticize say well it seems like maybe she wasn't trained enough you know um you know the the tricky thing though so so in terms of like what you're saying like um you know what sort of situations what what types of actions what kind of trade-offs you know um collateral damage your your how you how you want to handle that how you want to approach it i think that's very reasonable in terms of like having a manual for how we're going to train someone who has scarlet witch's powers which nobody else has ever had before yeah um and also to face threats that that often the threat that, would be the first time we've ever faced that threat before exactly and that's that's sort of one of the reasons that i think with you know stuff like this there is a little bit of a kind of like you know throw your hands up and be like you just have to do the best you can yeah and and that's just the best that you're going to be able to do and you can train and train and train and that's going to help but ultimately you know it's it's not the same as if we're looking at training cops or training military where yes every situation is its own situation right context always matters but like you know you you know basically the range of like earthly weapons that a person might wield you right. know you know that if you're if somebody's if you're in physical conflict with someone like they're not going to phase shift through you like there are there are laws of reality that are are fairly well understood i think mm-hmm. that um limit sort of the scope of situations that a real life um you know police or military uh, are are going to face whereas in you know in comic books it's like every villain has some new thing basically um and so in that sort of world where that's a thing i think there's a little bit of a there has to be somewhat of an acknowledgement of like this is hard some of these threats we have no other way of really addressing although theoretically like maybe they should by now right right? um and like whoever can address them is going to do the best they can and if they do something that we think is really unconscionable we're going to hold them accountable for it yeah i I think that's a good way to put it and i think this is where um um it's funny a lot of people when i ask them if they want to come on the podcast they always wonder like do you have to be an expert in ethics it's like no we don't actually ever talk about ethics academically (laughs) um i'm going to very briefly here because um and Although everything I'm saying I got out of my uh, ethics education, but you can also get from a couple episodes of The Good Place, frankly, which is um, <laughs> a really, really good show. And, and yeah. with all the, I had a fantastic uh, ethics professor, but The Good Place is also a fantastic right. ethical education. You, you learned this in school. I learned it from Chidi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Chidi's a great teacher too. Right. Um, but my point of this being um, that there are, you know, there's a number of different ethical schools, but two of the kind of like at the polar opposites are one is Kantian ethics, which comes from Immanuel Kant, which is the idea that you can like you can set a rule for every situation, you know. Mm. And well, that can't be right. Yeah. Uh, ooh. Mm. Um, mm. You're not even a dad. Boo! Boo! Um, hiss! Thumbs down. <laughs> um, but but at the other the other end of the spectrum is um what the the school of ethics that I probably fall into most, which is virtue ethics, which is mm. the idea of you try and decide what are the virtues that you believe in, and then you're constantly asking yourself. In this new situation, am I still con- am I still living out those virtues? You know, whether it's a dedication to like the preservation of all life, or like honesty above all, or right. you know, growth and prosperity. I mean, it can be a number of different things. Um, 
and and I think to me that's kind of what I'd want to see. Where the and and only also that there's actually a whole other set of accountability we never mentioned, which is not accountability towards any person, but it's accountability towards a set of principles or to a set of rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of the if I think if there's anything that I would see you had done, it would be something like that, where it's a okay, we can't give you you know like destroying four buildings is okay, but destroying five buildings is not like that. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, but there's an idea of like, you know, okay. So if as a general principle, if the choice is to stop the bad guy while killing a lot of innocent life versus like letting the bad guy escape to preserve innocent life, like where should you in generally fall down? You know, like what, mm-hmm. what even that is probably maybe too specific, but you know, you set like, what are the values and then how can we hold Scarlet Witch and Cap and, and all of them accountable to those values? Um, cause yeah, right, I, I like that. I, yeah, I think that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so let's move on to uh, another uh, – we're, get, we're getting to the big one. But the, the, the second one I want to ask is um, who should be responsible for Bucky? Because like, I think one of the things that, mm. that throws me somewhat about it is so much of what Cap is doing is putting utter and total trust in Bucky and that Bucky mm-hmm. can't be turned again. Um, mm-hmm. Which, and again, I'm trying to remember the exact order of the movie, but I think isn't, isn't he then proven – like isn't – isn't it after Cap has fought to protect Bucky that Zemo like reactivates Bucky again? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, the thing happens in the beginning in Lagos in in Nigeria, right? Scarlet Scar- Witch, right? Let you know blows up a building with crossbones. Um, then the Sokovia Accords are put on the table. Um, Cap's like, no, I'm not signing them. Um, then. Zemo bombs the the summit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, T'Chaka is killed, right? And um, and then Bucky is framed, and then everybody's going after Bucky, basically, right? right. Steve gets to him, T'Challa gets to him, um, and then ultimately the like Berlin police or whatever get to all of them, um, and then Bucky's in this thing, and Zemo's impersonating the psychiatrist i guess who's supposed to talk to him and interview him right. and then he reactivates him then right that's right. um and I'm, I'm not sure that cap makes the argument like he can't possibly be reactivated but he makes the argument like that's not him like he's bucky's in there basically i think right um and but then yeah then bucky does go on a, a you know terror of destruction um, but then Cap basically captures him with, and he and Sam are like, what are we going to do? Um, and then they find out about the other thing, right? right. Um, and they're like, oh, well, we have to go there to stop it, basically. Mm-hmm. Which turns out it's all a trap by Zemo anyway. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Which is very clever and was actually quite a relief watching the movie. It was like, oh, we don't have to deal with four more super soldiers. Like, I yeah. felt like that was going to be a bit excessive and like this totally thing that was kind of off theme. I, I yeah. thought so too, especially because I I had a fear that um Cap and Tony that it was gonna be it, it was gonna be what what Batman and Superman did, which right, I, I think right. came later, but was still one of the reasons I don't like that movie, <clears throat> because instead it would be like okay, well whatever your fight is, let's stop thinking about it. We never have to resolve it because well a because your mothers yeah. have the same name, but also because now there's this bigger threat you have to fight together. Right, like oh you love a Peggy, I love a Pepper. They both start with P. Let's be bros again. <laughs> 
Oh God, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Peggy, I kept, I kept not being able to remember Agent Carter's. Me, me either. I, I just came up with it. Yeah. It, it's quite embarrassing. I was like, I wonder why he dropped it. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, so so, and again, I, I think that's another one of the times where I feel like, um, and, and actually, it remind I think even an even better example of this is Jessica Jones, where um, in season two mm-hmm. of that show, yeah, I think, I think it's season two, yeah, yes. Um, you know, Jessica's mother is basically like going to be really horribly treated by the legal system. And so Jessica frees her, like helps free Mm -hmm. her. And she then goes on to kill more people. Like, I think that's another kind of accountability is sort of like when you sort of defend someone and say like, no, 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 I I think this person's like, okay, like I, we shouldn't be locking them up. Like, to what extent are you now accountable for what they do? Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like Mike Big D is responsible for a worm, right? He says. Um, it's a Rounders reference for anyone who hasn't, uh, hasn't seen one of the best poker movies of all time. Um, you know, when, when you vouch for someone, basically, or when you literally free them from captivity, like, yeah, I mean, there's a large extent to which what they do from that point is, is on you. Yeah. You know, it's on you, and it's, it's still on them also, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they asked to be incarcerated and then you freed them against their will however much sense that makes which i guess that's a thing um so yeah i mean i I think i think bucky's rampage there in um you know getting out of that facility like i I think that's on cap and if if bucky then went around doing a whole bunch of more bad things like that's on cap for sure and and i i don't think he would disagree you know Um, and I, I think that is, I, th- I think you do take responsibility. Similarly, you know, when you train Scarlet Witch, what she does is on you, at, at least in the beginning, right? right? Like, you know, years down the line, like if, you know, they've done a bunch of their own training, they've moved on, they've done something else like, well, you know, now that's, that's, that's on them, you know, right. but, um, but while they're a Padawan, you're still responsible for them. Exactly. Yeah. I was, I was, I was going to, to make an Obi-Wan reference also, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I managed to avoid it. Um, cause yeah. I'd already given into the rounders reference. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. So let, let's get to the main, the main kind of place where this accountability questions up. And I think we've, we've both kind of staked out our sides, but maybe just kind of like, you know, make it, make it super clear, like team tech, team cap, make your argument. Um, the Sokovia Awards, uh, <laughs> awards, the Sokovia Accords don't make sense because they would have people held accountable specifically because they have, you know, because they're different from other people mm-hmm. and they'd be accountable to an agency that is not representative of the people who they say they are representative to. Right. Basically. Um, if they were purely representative and the Sokovia Accords were more of a, a broader international treaty about, you know, well, you know, people trying to stop this or that kind of things have to abide by certain regulations. I'm on board with that. Okay. Um, I, but I think, yeah, locally within the within the Civil War, I, I, I wouldn't sign them. Right. So, so you don't um, think that some yeah. kind of some kind of accountability would that that goes beyond Cap and his conscience, that some kind of accountability there would be bad. It's just that this kind of accountability is wrong. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I I think the details always matter. Right. And in this case, the details make me say mm, no. Pass. Yeah. 
I, I think that makes sense. And I think here here a lot of it gets down to the frustration that I think we've both expressed about the movie and, and that a lot of folks have where it's just like, why did the conversation have to end? You know, generally yes. a negotiation isn't, I make an offer, you make a counteroffer, I reject your counteroffer, we start punching each other. Um, right. Cause I, I think, mean, the other thing, though, here is there's no negotiation. It's an ultimatum. Right. Right, I, which is another thing I have a problem with. Yeah. And I, I, I think that is fair. And I think – but I think that in some ways – and maybe it's because it's more of an ultimatum than I see. Um, I think for me, I don't hear Cap make the acknowledgement that you just made. I don't okay. hear him ever say, yeah, I would be okay with some kind of oversight but not this. Um, right. And maybe I'm remembering wrong. And if a listener wants to write in and tell me, please let me know. Um, it, and I think this is where the, cause where my fear about him all comes is that, mm-hmm. that, um, that speech that granted Sharon Carter gives quoting right. her, her aunt, but that idea of like, you know, when, when you think you're right and everyone else thinks you're wrong, you just kind of plant yourself. And it's because, mm-hmm. and, and here the, the fact that Captain America represents America isn't lost on me. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I think I've seen so much damage be done in the world by people who thought we know what's best for others we know what's right. We're going to, you know, do it no matter who the hell thinks we're wrong. Um, and like, I don't think Cap would ever do this, but that can so easily start becoming a idea of now. Um, if you think I'm wrong, then you're actually hurting the mission, and so now you're a danger too. Um, right. And it's the sort of thing where it's um, this kind of goes to what I was saying to you before: of do you make a law based on who Cap is, or do you make a law based on who Tony is? Um, mm. I am. Um, my mother had a saying, I think it's a common legal expression, but that exceptions make bad law. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think Cap doesn't need the Sokovia Accords. Cap's, even though he's affected by some of the things he's gone through emotionally, I just, I think that you need more of a rule. You, you can't base the rule based on thinking everyone's going to be like Cap, you know? And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The Sokovia Accords were garbage. And I, 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 I just, I, I wish there had been some level of like, yeah, some nego- some rule is needed, not this one. Let's talk about it more. Um, yeah. And I think I come like even when I come down to it, I'm like fifty five forty five. It's still so right. close to me. But yeah, I yeah. think I'm on the side of like a bad accountability that can be fixed in the future is still better than no because at least then you're acknowledging the the need for accountability. I was so close. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> so I I will acknowledge that. Um, I, I do think it's bad that Cap doesn't ever acknowledge or seem to entertain the idea that he needs any kind of oversight and doesn't really mention accountability. Right. Um, I'd say a lot of this is more issues with the writing, that, which I think is great. But, you know, it's still it's trying to frame, you know, I mean, one thing that I think the MCU has done, particularly the Avengers movies and the sort of, you know, the Captain America and Tony Stark arcs Uh is they've introduced, like, some really serious ethical debates into hardcore action movies, right? That are, like, comedies. They're kind of like action comedies, really. Because there's always a lot of levity in basically any MCU film. And there's always a lot of action. Or there's almost always a lot of action. Um, Maybe there's a couple movies that don't have that much. But... um, I think it's really hard to do that and like still have time to like really dig in as much as we would like. Right. Like how about a series about, you know, (laughs) the civil war? Um, 
and and so I I mean I think we agree that um, there should be some sort of accountability. Um, mm -hmm. We agree that the accountability as presented in the movie is not great. Um, you tend to go on the side of like, well, a shitty accountability is better than no accountability at all. I'm not even necessarily saying like within the MCU, like the Sokovia Accords, like, like there should probably be something like that going right. on. My main point where I'm basically planting like a tree is like, I think Cap is right not to sign them himself. Um, you know, you could make an argument that he could be like, okay, I'm going to sign them and then just kind of like ignore them and like do my <laughs> thing anyway. Yeah. Right. But like, that's so not him, you yeah. know, um, like he'd rather be an outlaw doing what he think is right, thinks is right than be like pretending to like Black Widow basically did that. Right. Yeah. Like. She signed the Akovia Accords. She's like, yeah, they want us to do this. This is what we have to do right now. We're going to say we're going to do what they're going to tell us to do. And then at whatever point in time, I'm like, nah, I don't think this is the right thing to do. She's just going to flip. And she did. Yeah. Um, in that regard, I think Which I makes more perfect sense for her, too. And I think, I think yeah, it, it makes sense for her. I think I do respect Cap's position more than hers. Because you're right. He's, yeah. He's it has more. Yeah, it has more integrity, right? Yeah. Um, although you could say hers has integrity within... Her view of the world, I'd right. say. Um, just her view of the world maybe is a little further away from um, ours. But Let me ask you this. So, I, I don't think this yeah. is a perfect um, con analogy to what you're talking about, but I wonder, mm -hmm. I feel like your answer to this will help me better understand what you're saying about Cap. If you are the best driver in the world and you are 100% confident, and probably everyone else agrees, that you are never in your life going to get in a traffic accident, mm -hmm. should you wear a seatbelt? Did the seatbelt law apply to you? Um, well, in terms of seatbelt law, I'm not, yeah. So I'm like kind of mixed on seatbelt laws, but, okay, um, that's fair. <laughs> like just like from a philosophical standpoint, mm -hmm. like it falls under the category of things that like, I mean, to not get in a huge, like, um, tangent about like mask wearing and, um, stay at home like orders or right. laws or regulations like i'd say philosophically i'm kind of 50 50 or 55 45 on whether or not the government should actually i don't think it should order people to stay at home i actually really don't think that's okay mm -hmm. um i absolutely think that it should not allow businesses to be open beyond those that are necessary um and i absolutely think that you know, insisting people wear a mask indoors around other people. Um, but those are things that, so to not get too deep down that rabbit hole, the, the point I wanted to make was like, there are things that there are laws about that are like, you should do this. And because is it different from the danger to yourself versus the danger to others? Yes. That's not my point. Um, but okay. it's a good point. Um, <laughs> the point I'm, I, I want to make is that, there are a lot of laws that I think are kind of stupid mm -hmm. um, or rather that I don't think should be a law. I don't think um, I don't think the state should threaten force or financial penalty or whatever if someone doesn't comply with it. But that I think like getting upset about is just really dumb also because it's like just do it. You know, it's like yeah. there's not it's like why what, like just just wear the seatbelt like it's. It's just not a big deal unless like, you know, you have some 
Um, I mean, I had a thing with my appendix where actually wearing a seatbelt was very uncomfortable and right. driving long distances uh, aggravated it. And, you know, I, I think that might have possibly even been part of like where the issue came from in the first place. Probably not, but like maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and if I was a perfect, like I do think like, yeah, it would have been reasonable for me to say, yeah, I'm not going to wear a seatbelt, you know, unless we had like socialized medicine like properly and... You know, then it's like, okay, well, now if I'm risking myself, then um, then other people are going to have to pay for it. Like, yeah, I think if you're the best driver in the world, like, and I mean, the thing is, it's like there are factors outside your control, right? But if somehow you know, like, that you're never going to get into a car accident because you have, like, some magical ability or something. Like, right. I don't think anybody should give you a hard time for not wearing a seatbelt. Like, I don't think, like, but at the same time, it's like, you can just wear the seatbelt and it's like not a big deal. Yeah. Unless you have an appendix I, thing. I, I see where you're coming from. And I, I think it kind of comes down to the, the kind of the core philosophical difference I think we have, which is like, you know, I, this is odd because I feel like in general, I'm the much more idealistic one of the two of us, but on this, I'm a lot more cynical um, in that. Cause I idealistically, I agree with everything you've just said. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And, and I think it, again, comes down to the, the heart of the kind of the, the, the Cap versus Tony idea, which is that for me, and it, it goes back to actually what we were saying at the beginning of this podcast, which for our listeners was maybe an hour ago, for us was 12 hours ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, no, it was more like... It was about an hour and four. It was about 12 hours ago for our listeners, too. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, our, our <laughs> podcast hasn't gone, episode hasn't gone that long. Um, no. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, um, yeah, and I got confused by that. But yeah, it's we were talking about how like ideally like we're part of communities and our communities call us in, you know, and mm -hmm. that like, you know, ideally we don't need a mat. We don't need a rule because it's like, you know, hey, you know, Betty, like, you know, you're part of this community. You love your neighbors. You support your neighbors. You going out of your house right now is putting your neighbors at risk. You really shouldn't yeah. do that. And Betty's yeah. like, you're right. I believe in these things. I shouldn't yeah. do that. And. And I think this is a lot of a kind of like libertarian idea is that if we, we don't – if we didn't have government, we we would, you know – I'm sorry, the libertarian idea is that we don't need government because people just do those things on their own. Um, I kind of feel like the pandemic is the best argument against libertarianism that's ever happened in the world. Um, but, but even putting that part aside, to me, laws are an imperfect solution for, imper for imperfect scenarios, you know, and mm. like – yeah, I don't think we should have a need for laws like seatbelts, you know. Um, uh, I, you know, and there's even some, like, like personally, I feel like if you want to destroy your life on heroin, then I feel right. like that is your legal right, and I don't think that should be criminalized. Yeah. I think you should then be 100, like, you should never have any chance to be, like, uh, like, to me, I would say if you completely legalize drugs— but then also allowed any employer who ever wanted to do drug tests whenever they wanted, I would be totally okay with that. Because then it's saying, like, you're always welcome to do drugs, but, like, people are willing to say, like, you're, you're on drugs, you're not safe. Like, we can't have you do this thing. Um, hmm. You know, and, and because that's... Any the, employer or, like, employers where you're, like, operating heavy machinery or interacting with people in a way where you could cause harm? I guess, yeah, probably that. Because the other one, the, the idea should be, like, if you do badly at your job, it's not actually like there's no danger. You're just going to screw up your job and then someone can fire you. Um, yeah. Because I guess, I mean, like certainly I, mean, I know many people who are, I, I said the thing about drug testing and then immediately took it back in my head because like I know people who okay. are stoned 24-7 and are perfectly capable at doing jobs that don't require fine yeah. motor skills. 
Right, um, right. They shouldn't be like a forklift operator while they're doing that. But like, right. if they're at, you know, if they're working in front of a computer, it's like, come on. Yeah. I also know people who are stoned a few hours a day, and it ruins them. So I mean, I'm not saying that's true for anybody. <laughs> sure, of um, course, of course. But the, the point of all this being, like, I, I do agree with the idea of like cutting down on victimless crimes, you know, or even mm-hmm. if like you yourself are the victim. Like, I've always thought that suicide being illegal is the dumbest thing in the world, um, yeah. especially because what that now means is like. If you are saved from suicide, you can now be like criminally liable. Um, right. Like, but yeah. but but the the point of all that being like, I, I think there's a lot of laws that I would love to move us towards a society. You know, I would love, I would love to be in a society where most people said, you know what, I don't need a gun. I don't need a handgun. That's a dumb thing yeah. for me to own. It's not helpful for me. We don't live in that world, and so I think we need laws to help move us towards that. Um. And tying it all back to this, now that I've offended um, truckers, people who use drugs, people who don't use drugs, and uh, gun lovers, uh, I've offended all those people, and I apologize. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. Um, bringing it back to the actual connection here, though, I, I think that's the thing, is that I feel like you're right. T- Cap doesn't need oversight. Cap probably sh- no Like, I don't think there is anyone on this planet who has a better idea of what should or shouldn't the Avengers be doing than Cap. But I don't know how to write a law that says everybody but Cap needs this oversight. Um, and, yeah. and I guess that's the thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think especially from this conversation, we're actually a lot closer than, than we thought we were before. Uh, in part because I think we're both listening to each other and hearing each other. And that's like, you know, conversation does good things. Yeah, it's almost like conversation and discussion can be productive. So given all that, let's turn to the last segment where we get to just sort of like throw all this out and write for ourselves. Um, what do you think the perfect Sokovia Accords would be? If we could write the Sokovia Accords, if we could write, here's the, the rules of accountability that the Avengers and then also like the Defenders and other people in the Marvel Universe have to follow, what would they be? So, so just to summarize, we're going to do this as the, the little, the wrap up yeah. question. It would be like five or 10 minutes, right? <laughs> Okay, so I think this is the sort of thing that would take years to draft <laughs> properly. Yep. Um, I'm going to start with that. Uh, I think that they would not apply spe- specifically to quote-unquote enhanced people. Mm-hmm. They would be broader and basically yeah. a- apply to, you know, anyone who essentially wanted to um, intercede on their own in some sort of a conflict. Mm. Um and I, I do think that things, that something like that um, would be great to be able to come to some sort of international understanding. Right. Um, I mean, we have the Geneva Conventions, right? Um, but countries don't really follow them right. all the way. I mean, you know, so... Well, what... It, what... Yeah. What if it was, though, because um, maybe we're having a little, to, to maybe focus it a little more, and although maybe okay. you would reject even this premise. What if it was, look, everybody, we have the general laws about vigilantism and getting involved, and those rules apply to everybody. If you are superpowered and you want to help, you can be part of this sort of like, not official mm-hmm. government organization, but a government-recognized organization in which you are able to use your superpowers to try and help with specific training and oversight. And like, here's what that would look like. 
Yeah, so if that's some sort of a, an organization that you can voluntarily join, mm-hmm. and that doesn't necessarily mean like you can never use your powers in any circumstance outside of that, but that sort of maybe almost like grants you a level of kind of what Tony's looking for, yeah. right? Um, gives you a level of support, a level of oversight, and a level of um, not... Uh, What's the, the word, uh, the thing that they want to give to businesses when uh, things open so they don't get oh, sued? Oh, uh, liability for... protection. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, not total liability protection, but sort of insurance. A, a layer. Yeah, yeah. A, Malpractice yeah, exactly. insurance. insurance. Yeah, basically like, look, I'm a sanctioned, you know, defender or whatever it is, you know, right. Avenger. Um, and what I'm doing is... Um, is sanctioned by, you know, the governments of the people of, you know, Earth or whatever. Um, you know, and and what the Avengers end up doing in, in Endgame goes way beyond Earth, right? right. Um, they're trying to restore half the population of all the, all the planets. Um, so the, the things to me that are necessary for something like that to really be... Um, effective and um a, a a purely positive thing you would need the people drafting it and then the people in um in control of the organization or the the oversight body whatever it was you would need those people to actually be representative of who they say they are representing and yeah. that's that's like so okay so to back up just the like libertarian kind of thing, like I sometimes call myself a like lowercase l libertarian, like leftist libertarian. Mm-hmm. Really, ultimately, I consider myself an anarchist. I was gonna say, yeah, that, um, I think that's just called anarchism. <laughs> right. Um, and but at the same time, like a social anarchist, not like an anarcho-capitalist or like you know, um, kind of more of an anarcho-syndicalist. Anyway, the the point being that you know the the basic premise there for me is to question all authority. And I, I do that in my life and I very often find it lacking. And I think the people who can and should be authorities in any given area, and I think generally authority should be much more specific instead of, I don't think there should be any person who's as powerful as the president of the United States. I don't think that's a good thing. Right. Um, I think power should be spread more broadly, right? That's one of the thing about the Avengers is like you have these people who are so powerful, like Hulk or Thor is so powerful compared to other people on Earth. Um, but is, is, if you can actually come up with a representative individual or group... Um, for like the people of earth, then I think that person can oversee a group like the Avengers, um, in a, in a very fair way, right. right? In a, in a very, um, positive way. Um, my biggest, my number one problem with the Sokovia awards, uh, I, I say that so much, um, (laughs) with the Sokovia awards, Welcome to the Tony Stark. You get the award for biggest jackass, 2018. <laughs> Best murder bot goes to Tony Stark <laughs> and Bruce Banner as a supporting murder bot artist. Uh, so 
the my biggest problem with the Sokovia Accords is that it feels like it's saying you should not be responsible for your actions. You you shouldn't be um, in charge of your actions. We're going to be in charge of your actions. Right. But the question is why why you? Right. right. It's like well, there's the people who are acting, and they're the first logical option. And then to me, if you want to try and have someone else responsible for their activities, you need to give me a better answer. Yeah. Right. Than Captain America. Um, it's pretty, you know, you could come up with a better answer than Tony Stark, right. but like, it's hard to come up with a better answer than, than Captain America. And you're certainly not going to do it with like Secretary Ross. And, and so here's one of the first things I would propose to it and tell me what you think about it. Something yeah. where, um, the individuals get to make their decisions about when they intervene <clears throat> with the idea that there's like some kind of oversight body that when it's not a like momentary, we have to act now, they can at least go to that group and be like, hey, here's what we're thinking of doing. What do you think? And mm-hmm. that group would be comprised of both, you know, powered and non-powered people. And as you said, pretty representative. Um, but the other thing that, I, that I, I was thinking about is because what I keep thinking of is like, well, OK, let's say the U.S. government says, fine, you can go deal with this pro- problem in, you know, um, Peru. Right. What about the people of Peru? Like, yeah, yeah. And so I'd love something where, like, every country on Earth or maybe even every city, like, however you divide it up, basically mm-hmm. has to declare, like, yes, we are comfortable if the Avengers come and deal with this kind of problem in our area. Or, no, quite frankly, we would rather take our chances if there's that kind of problem in our area. We don't want the Avengers to come. Because I think... To me, that's one of the biggest problems is, is the, the kind of imperialist, colonialist idea that I see a lot of it of where it's yeah. these people have a problem. I'm going to go solve it. I, I, I got it. The thing that came into my head there was check out the hook because my DJ revolves it. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> we have passed that. It's now 1 a.m. in California. Yeah, it is now 3 a.m. where I am. Um, but putting vanilla ice aside. Um, God, now it's stuck in my head. Nobody puts vanilla ice in the corner. <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, that each locale, you know, the Avengers have to say like, okay, well, there's that problem happening in, you know, uh, Thailand. But the people of Thailand have said like, you know, they, they have like their own powered people there and they don't, right. that they will ask for help. And like, okay, I, I could go with that. I like that a lot, um, especially if it's more city-based than nation-based. Mm-hmm. Um which anybody who knows about my feelings on nations and cities would obviously. I mean, I um, think of myself as a, I, I've lived in many other places. You, I think of myself as a New Yorker more than I think of myself as an American. So yeah. I, oh, I'm for sure. You. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I completely consider myself a New Yorker and I don't at all consider myself an American, except like I have a passport for as long as that's valid. Hopefully they'll renew them someday. Um, like any other country will let you enter. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Oh, please. Please just take me um anyway <clears throat> so um yeah i guess i think it's worth noting that like i don't really view captain america as being this sounds really weird as being a representative of america by the time yeah um i mean i think he's yeah, i think Civil he's made War. pretty clear that he's broken away from that yeah um but but i certainly uh it's kind of it's a bad look 
particularly places that have been, you know, subject to imperialism, right. which is like, you know, the, the other places on earth. Um, basically. Uh, and so, so yeah, I, I, I think, you know, with the caveat, like if, you know, an invading army from outer space comes in through, you know, Canada, it's like, all right, look, like this is an invading army from outer space. Like what, what are we just going to let them like go into Canada and then like, we'll like hold the U S border or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a fairness to say like Canada, you get to decide if you want us to fix a Canadian problem. But if it's a worldwide problem that happens to be in Canada, like YOLO, we're going to rebuild Toronto, you know, like it, that's the right, whole. right, right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, and that, that Canadians, the, the list of audiences I've pissed off tonight. Sorry. <laughs> Toronto is a lovely city. I'd hate to see it. Toronto is a great city. I would please, please take me. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I think there's a big difference between what's going on in Civil War and before that Ultron, right? Which are very earthly problems. Um, They're problems created on Earth by Earthlings. Right. Right? And saying like, yeah, the Avengers maybe shouldn't be in Nigeria without talking to the Nigerian government or at least talking to like, you know... The, the mayor of Lagos or whatever. Right. And like, just being like, yeah, there's this, uh, this guy is trying to steal some bio weapon and we're going to, we're going to do whatever, you know, right. um, without telling you about it. Like I totally, totally, uh, you know, um, I am on board with that. Yeah. Right. Um, whereas, you know, in infinity war, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I mean, they are actually invited to Wakanda by the King of Wakanda. Right. So, you know, they, they, they are basically sanctioned to be there. But, um, you know, if it happened to be some other random place, it's like, yeah, you just go to that place, you try to do that thing, and then you figure it out later. Because it's like, there's no, no, oh, no, well, you know, uh, we have to let, you know, um, Thanos snap his fingers there. Like, you right. know, we don't have jurisdiction. It's like, well, okay. And here's also where we get into the problem that you've raised about, like, the problem that, you know, if we're trusting all of these, you know, local governments to tell us what is or isn't okay, that also depends on those governments being, you know, fair and democratic. Because yes. I could also easily see a situation where, you know, some fascist dictator is in power because he's getting help from, you know, evil superpowered people. And sure. so that person's like, no, I speak for my country. And of course I don't want the Avengers to come. You know, there is no problem here. Like, yeah. And I think yeah, that's where it gets yeah. very confusing. Like Dr. And like, Doom even in the MCU. Yeah, you know, all of these things could could become problems, and that's where I think. I, it, but it's a principle, you know. It's the like, if you can, you get buy in from the the local people. If you can, Absolutely. you get oversight from a group. Um, yeah. And and just to go, I, I kind of said as a throwaway, but I think one of the things to me that would be very important is the idea of that whoever has oversight does include people without powers. And, yeah. and I don't just mean someone like you know Hawkeye because he. He 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 doesn't have he has powers, but he still isn't like in that world. I mean, people who aren't yeah. fighters, because right, right. The other thing that I get Civilians, worried civilians, yeah. Because the other thing I get worried about is the <clears throat> when you're a very very good hammer, every problem looks like a nail, kind of a thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like when when you're really good at fighting, like and bad at diplomacy. It's like. You might not try diplomacy in a spot where diplomacy is clearly the best option because right. you're like, well, I'm just not good at that. I'm just going to fight. 
like for example if someone offers you accords that you don't like <laughs> or doesn't sign them and you really want them to sign them you know not just right. playing cap for that yeah yeah so yeah I, I think i think those make some good senses i think we kind of come to a to decent idea um anything else you would add to kind of like what what accountability would like in that look like in that perfect world um i mean the the, the main thing to me is like yeah accountability to, uh, accountability to the people um you know having i mean all right if if you have a world with people with that much power it's like should there still be governments that are as ridiculous as the ones that we have on earth like in our world i mean probably like, not right i mean like should kim i mean should it be like hey kim jong-un do you want do you want us to come help you out with anything or like should it be like yeah well this is clearly a problem and then yeah you've got imperialist issues but you've also got like i don't know you've got a hostage situation with like 20 million people right um it's it's that's a that's a that's like a whole nother episode um yeah i mean i think there's a fair statement though that like there's always a danger of pendulum effect you know like um yeah obama came in after way too much american imperialism and it was horrible and like he cut way back on the idea of that american forces can go and fix the world um part of what that meant was that when a syrian dictator like you know obama said you absolutely cannot use chemical weapons on your people the dictator did it anyway and obama didn't do anything um and i'm not saying that like i know enough about foreign policy to know he should have but i know it it kind of makes me wish he probably did something but i i don't know you know and it it's I think it all goes down to this. Yeah, that it's so easy for us to make these ideas, being like, "Well, as long as there's perfect democracy, then we would do it this way." You know, um, yeah. of course, that's there's just not. Yeah, and right? I, I think that's like, also what it comes down to is like the people are imperfect, the governments are imperfect, the situations are imperfect, and so you kind of just got to stumble in the dark to find like what's the the best thing. And I think yeah, if if anything else, to me, that's the biggest problem I have with Sokovia Accords, is that. You're right. They're kind of an ultimatum, but they're also so final, you know, like right. to me, you really want yeah. something where it's like every six months we plan and like, you know, check in mm-hmm. again and see what 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 what's working, what's not. Yeah. Instead of like accords, have it be like a long term council, like yeah. a world security. Ca- Wait, no, they did that. That didn't work. Yeah. Well. Um, but yeah, yeah. Something that's more of a process mm-hmm. than a proclamation. Yeah. You know, um, two other things that I would add, and one of which I think makes for good movie making, the other unfortunately would make for terrible movie making, and so we'll never yeah. see it. But one is just send people out in teams, like, and oh, yeah. give them different personality types. Like, don't send three hotheads out to fight together. Like, give right. them a you know someone who's a little. How about don't send any hotheads out to fight? Well, also true. I know Hulk. I mean, he's kind of saved the Earth and New York and all that and blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, puny god. But like, <laughs> yeah, just overall, like, try to have people. I, I'm gonna say Frank Castle should probably not get sanctioned by any of these organizations. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. But but the other thing is, frankly, I would say, if you have someone you know is personally involved, you're off the case. Because mm. like. And I know it makes for good drama, but like, frankly, like, there's a reason why, like, you're not supposed to be the lawyer or like the doctor in a case right, involving right. someone you love. Like, you're yeah. not supposed to let that feeling compromise your professional integrity. Right. You're supposed to recuse yourself. Right. The thing is, it's like those are professions where there's like another lawyer or another doctor. Right. Or whatever. It's like when there's like six or eight Avengers or whatever, it's like, well. It's a little harder to be like, ah, you sit this one out, Thor. Yeah. Like, you're too emotionally invested. 
And, and I, I keep wanting to compare this to the Justice League in my head, but you're right. Oh, I mean, in the Justice League, yeah. there's what, like 80, 100 heroes? Um, in Justice League Unlimited, yeah, there's, there's tons. Yeah. And in fact, the first episode, I think, of Justice League Unlimited, when they end up having a whole bunch, um, is they're going into some unnamed country that they don't have jurisdiction which like i'm not sure like how they have jurisdiction in america or right. how all that works but like where they're clearly not wanted but they go anyway and like it works out you know but it's like it raises the issue without really like addressing yeah. it and i think there is some I, I think i mean you know it was an animated show ostensibly for kids so it doesn't go in deep into it but i think there is some mention of like there being like sort of official world sanction of the justice league and that like yeah. amanda waller kind of has an official role in regard to that and like you know batman is kind of outside of that some batman is kind of the captain it, that's actually a really interesting idea yeah. like yeah very much um that i never even put this together but it's interesting that in the marvel world it's the superman character who is you know captain america is very clearly a superman kind of idea he's a big boy scout yes. he's the yeah, one who and... goes against it in DC, right. it's the Batman guy. It's literally it is Batman who is like, yes. nah, I'm not signing the Sokovia Accords. Right. Who's more the Tony Stark from a standpoint of, um, you know, just like he's a billionaire, he's a playboy, he's got fancy toys, and he has no physical superpowers. Right. Um, one one thing I I will say is um, if the Sokovia Accords were like presented at the beginning of the first Avengers movie, like Cap would assign them and Tony wouldn't. Yeah, I think it's very true. Um, and I mean, that's almost like the premise, right? Is like Tony's the consultant. He's like, yeah, I didn't really want to sign up with the Avengers, you know? Right. And and Cap's like, oh, what do you need me to do, Nick? You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing is like, to like me, Tony's so much character. of Civil War is the two of them both reacting to like, them each seeing their particular worst nightmare happen. And now, like, right. that's where they come from. So, Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we've now um, been talking about this for 15 hours uh, with two hours recorded. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> Paul, are you going to bed or are you going to go start playing poker? What, what's your next step? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go to work. Okay. I'm going to go to work. Good luck. <laughs> um, but for you all. On my couch. Um, yeah. Uh, Paul plays poker for a living. He's not <laughs> – uh, but yeah, for you all, um, what do you think? Where where do you come down on these questions of accountability? Uh, who do you think made the right choices? Like, um, what are what are issues we forgot about uh, that we should get into? Would love to hear it. You can reach us at um, the best way to find us actually is um, strandedpanda.com because we are a part of the Stranded Panda Podcast Network. And then uh, just search for the Superhero Ethics page. But you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and on email at superheroethics. The email being at gmail.com. Would love to hear your feedback. Would love to hear your thoughts. Um, I have recently launched the, um, along with Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall, the sort of heads of the uh, Stranded Panda Network and the MCU cast, we recently launched the uh, Pandavision uh, podcast, where we basically kind of go deep on episode-by-episode reviews of TV shows that don't have, like, a, a verse and are kind of standalone. Uh, we've done The Boys and Umbrella Academy, and by the time this episode goes up, um, we should be just about to start our reviews of the uh, second season of Umbrella Academy. Uh, and Paul, don't listen for 20 seconds. We may also try to rope Paul in for some of those episodes. Um, I have taken off my headphones. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler free. There you go. So anyway, uh, please check those out. Uh, please let us know what you think about this episode. Give us your feet. Uh, give, give us your feet. Give us your thoughts. Give us your feedback. Give us your reviews. Be great to have. Check the other ones out. And uh, on behalf of myself and Paul, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.